All right. Uh, welcome, everybody, to 30 and 10, the Deuce podcast. I am Jim in New Orleans. And this I'm, is my co-host. I'm Thomas in L.A., and we are back after a, a week of not being around. Completely my fault. I, I was uh, swamped up with a, with a, a job that uh, did not allow me to get away and watch the episode, let alone uh, record a podcast. So this week we're going to give you uh, double the fun, uh, two episodes and one podcast. I feel like that... You know, you really just took the week off because you could not show and prove when the uh, truck came around. Is that what happened? That, that's what happened. I said I didn't have my papers, and, and they, they locked me up. But now I got my papers, so when they come around this time, I got my property voucher, and I should be good to go. Heard that, man. Heard that. Uh, so uh, what did you think of episode four? Well, so, I mean, I think I'm going to just kind of put this all into one, uh, you know, because I watched them back to back and saw them all together. Uh, so we'll talk episode four and five. And... I don't know what I'm really thinking right now. I think my biggest takeaway right now is it's really hard to kind of do these discussions and talk about the show when we haven't seen everything yet. Because like The Wire, uh, there's so much just world building and so much things that they're setting up that I don't think we understand what we're watching at, at, at this point. And so there's things that I see where I'm like, ah, or oh, that was cool, or, or I really like that but they don't really mean anything yet. And so I'm having a little bit of a mixed reaction to, to how to kind of uh, analyze or, or, or discuss what it is we're seeing because I don't know what it means. Does that make sense? No, I understand that. I do. I understand that there's some, there's some validity to it as well. Uh, in our last episode, we discussed uh, Sandra talking to a girl whose name we did not know. And they didn't find out until episode four. Uh, she is one of Reggie Love's girls. Her name is Melissa, right? right? Yeah. And we didn't, we didn't, we didn't know that until the next episode. So there's plenty of stuff that we're just not going to be able to discuss, right? Or, I mean, we can speculate or, or kind of try to uh, make our best uh, educated guess as to what it means. But sometimes we just don't really know where they're taking us. Sometimes, so all we can do is, 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 is I guess, work with the information we do have, and then you know, see how right or wrong we are later on down the line. Although it was Reggie Love. He, he called her, uh, him Jimmy Love in that, uh, to Sandra in the diner. Uh, and remember, I think I had talked to you, I don't remember if it was on the podcast or offline about, you know, did she mean Reggie Love or is it, you know, another pimp with the last name Love? And it, and it did turn out to be Reggie Love. So it was interesting. Yeah, she, you know, she was trying to make sure nobody knew who Reggie was, trying to maintain anonymity that way. And I can understand why, given her perspective, given her profession and the fact that she knew she was talking to somebody that was going to go back and report it immediately. You know, she, she kind of had no choice, but I was kind of hoping for a new character named Jimmy. Well, just cause you know, Jimmy love. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. One of the, and since we're talking about Sandra, you know, I'll get right into this is one something interesting is her, her publisher, her editor actually doesn't want her writing this story. No, I found that very interesting in the last episode as well. Not wanting her to write the story because it doesn't portray the community very well. Right. Well, or or it basically reinforces negative stereotypes of the yes. you know the black pimp and the the black pimp with the white you know girls and and all that and you know does not want to you know do something that's going to basically reinforce those negative stereotypes and and she didn't seem to care about that she just wants to kind of tell the story thinks that you know it's more important to kind of tell the story of these girls vice that so I think she's going to defy the I think it's pretty clear she's going to defy her editor and, and, and keep working on the story anyway. Yeah, there's no way she's given up on it. Uh, the fact that she enlisted uh, Alston the way she did, and 
I don't want to say she pimped him, she but did. to a certain extent, yeah, to a certain extent, she did. Yep, she it did. was complete, complete false pretenses. Like you're gonna, yep. I'm gonna pretend we're going out on a date. I'm gonna bring you a burger and fries, yeah, yep. but nope, he did, but, he did, and he he went for it because that's what guys do. You yeah, know? you know, we all we all fall for it eventually, right? We do, and uh, you know, there's a couple of people who uh, uh, going on dates. You know, these last couple episodes, uh, Eileen slash Candy has uh, found Candy. herself a, a a very awkward kind of relationship with this guy who doesn't know, really know who she is or what she does, and it, it's it's really interesting to kind of see how she's so confident and and she knows what she's doing in in kind of all of these other areas and then she goes out and this and it's just completely out of her comfort zone completely she she spent an enormous amount of time just getting ready for it uh i don't know how many times we heard that message that jack left for her on the machine but it was at least twice if not three or four times she was she's unable to operate in a in a normal functioning life at this point or so it seems to me right or, you know she does she doesn't have the skills, the life skills to handle real life. She can only handle the street. Yeah, no, it's the game. The, she's, she's in the game, and, and she doesn't want – I mean, and we spent a lot of time with her these last two episodes basically showing that, you know, she is done with the game, though. The game has spit her out, and it's like everything that – it goes from one bad thing to another. Just when you think it can't get any worse, it just keeps getting worse for her. I mean, she has the, you know, the guy that dies on her. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then man, she, uh, murder mouth. What was yeah, it called? And then, uh, then she takes <laughs> flat from it, which she just is more just kind of humiliating, embarrassing uh, uh, for her. Is when they all kind of give her the standing ovation, and it, and it becomes kind of this joke. And then it's raining, so she goes to the movie theater, and you know she gets a rat on her, and it's just like it just like keep one thing after another, and then she gets beat up and. Uh, pretty badly and and it just doesn't seem like it's gonna end or it's or it has finally come to a head i think that they almost spent a little too much time i think bringing it to a head because i thought three episodes ago we had seen that she was fed up with the game and, and was ready to make a change so i don't know if we needed to spend two more episodes just completely like seeing her life spiral into the toilet but we did we got to see it and we got to see things get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse uh, and then at the end of the last episode, uh, she's back uh, to Harvey and Harvey's putting film in the camera again. And it looks like she is uh, starting to take those first steps to a career change. Yeah, we did finally get a ray of hope for her. Uh, not something we've seen for her from her before or for her before at all. She ends up with um, with some positivity in her life, which is, is new for her, I think. You know, I don't know. I don't know how she feels about Jack, though. Uh, she called him a, a true gentleman when he offered to get her a cab uh, after they coupled. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like it was very sarcastic when she did. Well, and I think it was. I think that I don't think she knows how to I don't think she knows how to function in that environment. And so, you know, this guy is like like they go out on a date and and she's asking, you know, all these questions to him. And, and he's talking and then he asks her like a simple question, like, what do you do? And, you know, she's. Already, you know, don't ask too many questions and she's being kind of coy and doesn't want to talk. And he kind of remarks, uh, you know, you, you don't do this very often or whatever, you know, like you don't go on dates or, or whatever, you know, and it, it's such a almost hard to watch, you know, kind of thing between them because it, it's just, it's just awkward. It, she's, she feels so awkward. Uh, and he I don't, I don't know where they're going to take that or what they're going to do with him or, or what type of character or, 
he is going to end up being, but um, it's interesting, I guess. It was interesting also that uh, she had him drop her off at a place that wasn't hers. And she kind of like says goodbye and goes upstairs like it's and then waits a bit and then goes back out you know, like it was like a nicer place or didn't want to show where she lives or where she really lived. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah, she is not, you know, capable of handling that life. And I'm interested to see if we even, you know, get a glimpse of Jack again. I don't I don't think we will, honestly. You know, maybe I think not. she's yeah. yeah, I think she's past him. That's very well possible. I, I have no idea where they're going to take it. And. Um, and then we, we did see, uh, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, a bit of a heavy scene, too, at the end of the last episode with uh, her and uh, Method Man's character. Uh, what, what, what is his? Uh, Rodney. 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 I yes. want to call him Cheese, but wrong show. Yeah, <laughs> wrong show. Yeah, this is Baltimore, yeah, 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 not yeah, New York. Yeah, it's Rodney. It's Method Man with the Cat Williams uh, wig on. <laughs> Which is a great look for him, actually. You know, like that. It most people can't pull that off, yeah. but he he does it yeah, pretty yeah, well. He does well, and, and, and you know, and he kind of, you know, he starts with kind of the same thing, giving her the pitch and everything again, and he kind of goes a little dark though at the end, and you know, that is kind of, I guess, our our final, meant to be, I guess, her our final breaking point for her deciding that she's out. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if he knew what happened. Well, he did know what happened. But it's almost as if he set it up. Wow! Yeah, I didn't as a as a as a push. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't take that away. That's an interesting thought. I guess that he would have done that. I, I wouldn't put him put anyone past doing something like that, especially him, because you can see you. We we learned that you know his morals are not exactly uh, at a high level. Um, no, no, they aren't. No, they aren't. He he is a pimp after all, right? Right. But he. Uh, but uh. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying a pimp, but a pimp also that has no problem pimping underage girls. No, none at all, uh, which was truly interesting. I did not expect Darlene to come back. But before we talk about that, we got to talk about how she got there. We go back to my favorite character, Abby. Oh, my least favorite character. Oh, right. I cannot right. stand Abby. Uh, Reggie Love gives... Uh, well, Reggie Love played your part in our fourth episode <laughs> and told Vince that she was going to run him. Abby was going to run him. And, you know, as, as it turns out, Reggie Love is absolutely correct, just like you. Yeah. And I wh- don't know that I don't know if she's got malicious intent, though. I, I don't know either if she's just spoiled brat or, or has malicious intent. But so she does. She has this kind of fascination with, you know, like this this rich girl from this, you know, privileged college kind of life. And, and now she's kind of seeing what life on the other side of the tracks, so to speak, is like. And she doesn't understand it. And uh, she kind of thinks that she strikes up a connection with Darlene. Uh, and again, she still doesn't understand that. Why do you do what you do? And, and so on. And, and she's asking these questions. And uh, at the end of the episode, she does. She gives her the book with the train ticket. And it's funny as she thinks that, you know, this is, you know, her helping Darlene escape from from this thing. And instead, she turns around and uses it as a recruitment trip for Larry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it turns out well for her. She wasn't able to bring back the girls that she wanted, but she was able to bring back one for her. But uh, I thought that that scene specifically in the restroom where she Darlene attempts to well, Darlene fixes Abby's shoes for her. Mm-hmm that there was a level of respect that was um, attained there. Like beforehand, Abby was like, no, there's nothing, you know, we've got, we've got nothing in common, even if you are reading this book. But I think Abby or 
came to the realization that she she knew things and Darlene knows things and neither one of them is an idiot. Uh, and I think that's why she gave her the ticket. Like, look, if if I were you, I wouldn't want to be here. So I'm going to try and help you get out. I don't know if it was I don't know if it was coming from a place of privilege or just a place of respect. And I guess that's that's we'll have to see. We'll have to keep watching. Yeah, I, I, I think it's a place of privilege and it, and it shows more in the in episode five where she doesn't understand why she came back. And then the other girl tells her, like, maybe she likes her life the way it is. Like, like, and it's, it just, Abby's mind can't comprehend that somebody else, you know, would, it would enjoy that life or, or like her life like that. And so, um, I think it's her eyes are being opened and so on, but, uh, she just annoys me, you know, and then the whole, you know, she doesn't want to wear the uniform and, uh, all of a sudden, she's like kind of defiant to Vince. I, I hope Vince fires her, really. Like, you know, like I gave you a job, you know, or go back and, and do whatever. But I don't know that he will because he seems like he's a bit enamored. But well, I guess no, we'll he's smitten. All right. Yeah. But. Yeah. He's smitten. I don't I don't think he'll fire her. I don't know that we'll see her in the uniform again. I think she'll probably end up quitting. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe that. Yeah. She's a bit of a hoe, too. I mean, a little bit, yeah, a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm all about sexual revolution. Do what you want, do, live how you feel. But man, come on, dude. I mean, like right here on the pool table. Yeah, I mean, she, and she's she slept with a number of you know different guys already. So, uh, yes, yeah, she's. I guess it's that time of uh, uh, you know that that early '70s sexual liberation, whatever you want to call it. But <laughs> it was it, you know, 19, 1971 Tinder. When when you know before people were worried about AIDS and STDs, I guess, and, and stuff, and you can just kind of. <laughs> Free love, right? Yep. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, forget about it. I mean, no it's a way. Little before my time, but uh... yeah, long before mine, dude. Long before. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Abby is kind of you know doing her thing, and and she just kind of seems like she just she's a, she seems like petulant in that she just does whatever she wants to do, and 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 everybody seems enamored with her because she's good looking, but she doesn't really. I feel I don't know. I don't know that she has any real redeeming quality to her. At this point, like she seems like she uses people because she knows she can and she doesn't really seem to care about anything other than herself. She I'll, I'll go back to what I said last episode. She does remind me of the pimps like she she has that mentality. She's she doesn't want to work for anything. She doesn't want to do anything. Well, she, I will say that she does not mind working because from what I've seen of her in the bar, she actually hustles pretty hard. She's not, you know, just sitting around doing nothing in there. Sure. Sort of, but she won't wear her uniform, and she she causes she won't con- wear the uniform conflict with the customers, and and so yeah, like that was interesting, right? That that situation with Reggie. Why do you think she would pick up and go after him like that? Why? What what was her purpose there, other than being upset about his lifestyle? I think that's it. I think it's just I it just comes from this place of kind of ego and and, and spoiled ratness where you can basically do whatever you want at a whim and and get away with it and i think that was it she was just you know kind of lashing out in that moment and at you know this world she doesn't agree with or understand and you know reggie was the one who was sitting there i think it didn't matter that it was reggie it could have been you know larry or it could have been cc or it could have been anybody but it was just he was the one that was sitting there at the time she wanted to you know make a statement she wanted to yeah she wanted to go after him so yeah okay i can i can see that i can see that i don't i still don't understand why she would do it but that's not for me to know i don't understand you know what i've noticed though 
you know, I've noticed, and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up at this point because we're talking about a scene that was extremely well written. Uh, one of the producers is Richard Price. Have you read any of his novels? I have not. I haven't. What what has he written? Or what's, fill me in. Well, he's he's written a book that I love called Lush Life. It's also based in New York, but I think it's a lot more modern, probably a '90 or early 2000s people because they're talking about cell phones. But it deals with cops and it deals with the street life. But I was on Twitter, you know, and you can find us on Twitter at 30 and 10. Uh, you can also email us at 30 and 10 at gmail.com if, you, if anybody wants to holler at us. We appreciate all the listeners we got, especially all of the international listeners, listeners last time. Uh, it was really cool to see that pop up on the screen when I went to check the, the analytics. That being said, um, Richard Wright wrote Lush Life, and he's also been writing scenes if not entire episodes of this show and he's listed as a producer i haven't seen him given any credit as a writer but it's fantastic and it reads the show plays just like his books read so if you get a chance check out uh lush life or any of his other books great stuff cool yeah so um does that tie into something else or, or are you just bringing up that he's a producer just bring it just yeah. bringing it up because i really enjoyed that conversation between the two of them uh, it was authentic, for lack of a better term to use in that. It was it was Abby, and we'll, we'll go with your play, Abby being a spoiled brat and Reggie Love being a complete pimp, and neither one of them broke character. It was fantastic acting from the two of them, sure. but the writing was the writing was real. Yeah, no, I I, I enjoy I enjoy I'd like to see Reggie Love get some more you know screen time. I kind of like his his character and his uh, insights to life. Uh, yeah, he's a busy. He's a busy guy, though. Yeah, well, <laughs> got to do the Jimmy Kimmel show, right? No, it's uh, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, well, you know, I'm yeah, sure that he's on Fallon. Still make some time, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and and then the, our other pimps, uh, we didn't get a lot from. I feel like the last couple episodes have been lighter on Cece and Lori. Very light on Cece and Lori. We only had one scene with them in episode five. And in episode four, we only had the scene with the bread truck line, correct? Yeah, I think so. It's been very light and, and, and I don't know, almost like throwaway kind of stuff. Yeah, Lori seems like she still hasn't kind of gotten over the attack thing. And, and I think Cece seems like he's run out of patience for, you know, her, her whatever it is she's feeling. And, and he's, he seems like he's becoming darker and darker around her. So we'll have to kind of see where where that leads us, or where do you think that's going to lead us? I don't know where that leads us, but I guarantee you that uh, his bottom. What's her name? Oh, um, the the blonde, the blonde girl. Yeah, the blonde. I can't remember her name for uh, for whatever reason. Played, played by uh, Jamie Newman. Um, what is her name? It is. Yeah. I have it right here. Yeah, so do I. Somewhere. Um, see where to go ashley ashley yeah he's done with ashley he makes ashley go work the bread truck and take cc oh i'm take cc takes uh Lori home mm-hmm. for the morning uh so they can get some shut eye he asks her to bring home two loaves of bread yeah <laughs> what is what is that all about man like what is that all? i mean it's just just complete disrespect for her not that he ever shows anybody any real level of respect right but he completely has, has blown her off and he's to me, it seems he might be a little bit darker, but he's all in on Lori being the one to make him money. Yeah, yeah, probably. Well, and Lori's younger and seems a little less defiant. 
than than Ashley. So uh, much less. But um, you know, we didn't get much with them though. There's kind of you know we did. Uh, you know, the last episode was definitely, you know, we got a lot with, you know, with the whole thing with Larry and, and, and Darlene going down and bringing the girl back up. And, and Larry instantly wants nothing to do with the girl. You know, it tells him, you know, put her on the bus and send her back. Uh, but the girl, I guess, you know, doesn't want to go c- home. Country, yeah, life, country life ain't all that. So, you know, we would rather be, uh, you know, Living this New York, New York glamour life that, you know, Darlene describes, you know, back there. And so she gets sold to, to Rodney. For Literally sold for $2,500, right? 500 bucks. Yep. Wow, dude. Yeah. That, 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 that number blew my mind because that's, again, that's a lot of money back then, right? It is, yeah. But at the same time, is it ever going to be enough money for a human life? Because basically that's what he gave her, like... You can you can try and sugarcoat it all you want to, but in the world that they live in, it is strictly a you you are mine type situation, right. and the only way you leave in is to die. Yeah, no, literally, no, right? I mean, you can't put a price on a human life, but apparently, Larry can, and it's twenty five hundred dollars, and it's uh, you know it's it's sad. I you know that girl, I don't know what's going to happen with her, or, or, or if she's going to have much more of a story beyond this, but. Uh, you know, they definitely do do a job, you know, really setting up, you know, obviously, the you know, these girls to be, you know, very sympathetic uh, in what they do, uh, probably more so than anybody else. And so uh, it's sad. I don't know what else to say, really, other than it's, it's, it's you know, what whatever is going to happen to this girl is not going to be a happy ending. No, no, they are very much like the kids in the last season of The Wire, honestly. Uh, they are there for you to feel sorry for and to want to help. And I think that's kind of where Abby's coming from. Abby is not only one of the pimps, but also one of the viewers. She feels sorry for these people, not the pimps necessarily, but definitely the girls. So, you know, we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, But that does bring us to Vincent. Yeah. And and we've started to get a little more traction the last couple episodes on, you know, what's going on with the mob angle. So uh, first thing happens is, uh, the guys at the uh, construction site decide that they don't no longer want to pay the five percent fee for cash on Fridays, and a bunch of them decide they'll they'll just wait. They'll take their checks and, and they'll wait till Monday, and that's doesn't uh, sit well with Rudy. It's an extra hundred bucks a month, I believe. The quote was for sitting on my ass. Yep. Over the weekend for two days. Yeah. Bill Schmidt was the guy that came in and made the ruckus about it, and everybody followed in line behind Bill. Uh, everybody, I guess, that went before Bill just took the money and ran. But once we got to Bill, it was kind of all over with. And Bill, you know, paid the price for defying Rudy. Right. And I think this is our first time that we've seen the mob get violent. And I mean, we, we know we all in our head know that the mob can be violent. But, you know, this is the first time we're seeing this is what happens when you cross the mob. You know, like, yeah, they're. Up to this point, they've just been this, like, good fortune that's fallen upon Vince and, like, all these, you know, hey, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you this and we're going to give you this and all these good things keep happening. But here, this is where the kind of, you know, shit gets real in a way. And and, and and if it doesn't, you don't do what they want you to do, this is kind of what the result can be. You know, Vincent at least knew what he was getting into, uh, 
Bobby did not. Oh, well, not Bobby. Uh, well, I guess no, to an extent, Bobby. Bobby didn't either. Yeah, but Bill Schmidt certainly did not. He had no idea who he was crossing. Right. No, Bill had no idea. I mean, and and Bobby, uh, but Bobby's getting you know more into it now. You know, Bobby. Bobby's 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 completely complicit as far as I'm concerned for Bill getting beat. Right. Sure. And then now he wants to take over. Well, not take over, but at least run the. And it's a whorehouse massage parlor, massage parlor. Yeah. Massage, massage parlor. Yeah. yeah no, he's going to run. And, and that's the thing is he, he can't go back to the, to the union uh, because of his health. And so he needs money and the mob, you know, wants, wanted Rudy, uh, not Rudy, uh, Rudy wanted Vince to run, you know, this massage parlor and they're going to do it. And he didn't really want to do it, but Bobby and Frankie are the ones who kind of talk him into doing it and kind of tug on his strings a little bit. And, so, yeah, they're going to have, you know, basically uh, Bobby is going to run the massage parlor and they bring him in there to, you know, kind of supervise the construction and do all that. And, you know, I think this is a, a big turning point for what we're going to see in the show as far as, you know, you know, bringing the girls off the streets and inside and in, in, in kind of a different environment and, and a changing of the status quo, so to speak, uh, with how the game is played. That was uh, shown in, in a, this, this week I did watch the next week on. That was shown in the next week on, and that's an interesting piece that they're going to have to work out, and I have no idea how they're going to do it. How do you get girls into your parlor when all the girls are on the street and all already have bosses? I don't know. how. I, I think we're going to have to see. I, I assume it has something to do with, um, you know, I, could it have something to do with some type of, you know, police enforcement strategy where they just start cracking down and cracking down and cracking down and making it so the girls can't make money on the street because we know that the mob already has their kind of they've got the area taped off into yeah. into the, the 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 cops so yeah, we do you know it could be something where you know they lean on their their police connections to force the girls off the street and in turn then they bring them into these massage parlors interesting i hadn't thought about that um I was I was struggling with a, a way to get the pimps to give up their or any their control over the money, because that's what it's going to boil down to. Bobby is going to default become a pimp. You know, there's no way around it. He he is the guy that they will be reporting to. He is the one that's going to be providing security. Uh, you know, we've got uh, what, what's his name, Black Frankie. Now is actually going to Fran- be oh, providing. Well, we'll, we'll get to him. We'll get to my my, my, <laughs> new, my new favorite character. Right, man. He's he's providing the security, right? Yeah. So, uh, Bobby becomes a pimp. Where does that Where does that leave Larry? Where does that leave Rodney? You know, what happens to them, and what are they going to do otherwise? I I wonder if they're going to get a cut. If it's if it's going to be like the, the the pimps provide the girls and they get a cut, they they split it with with the mob. That's interesting, man. I don't. So the 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 mafia at that point would be taking over that business. I would. I don't know. I would. I would assume they would want them gone as opposed to splitting it. But. Maybe. You know, I, I we, know. we've got to see. Yeah, we've got to see how this works out, man. It's going to be really interesting seeing what happens next week. I, at the beginning of this show, when this first started, when we first started doing this, I wasn't certain that I wanted to keep watching. But at this point, I am waiting patiently for Sunday night and it won't be patient for very much longer. 
<laughs> I, I really, I really want to see what happens next. I really do. Yeah. That's it's all very interesting to me. I mean, I'm enjoying every every step of the way. Like I said, sometimes I'm not as. It's it's one of those things where, I know it's going to be more interesting once I've seen it all, and I can go back and rewatch it again. Uh, you know, because week to week, there's sometimes not a lot happens. You know, we sit here, we talk about, oh, you know, this person did this and this person did that. But at the end of the day, the plot moves very slow, whatever the, the overarching uh, plot is supposed to be. And it really is all about, uh, you know, the characters and, and, and kind of just watching them interact in their environment. But the characters are so compelling for the most part that that's what really gets me into, you know, and wanting to watch more. I, I love Black, Black Frankie. Is that what they called him? Black Frankie, yeah. Go ahead. Let's let's talk about your favorite new Man, character. I, I want to hear. I want to hear about this. I mean, I just he just like had so much swag and like you know and and and, and you know kind of was like yeah he was so super chill but like so deadly at the same time. I imagine. Absolutely, yeah. I, I would assume that he was a sniper. You would you you got better military experience than I do, but he seems like the kind of guy that would you know pick you off from five hundred feet and light a cigarette and roll over and look for the next guy. Yeah, I don't know if he was a sniper or not. That's really, really like narrow kind of, especially. But I mean, clearly he's he's a vet, and clearly you know knows what he's doing when it when it comes to the you know the weapons and stuff like that. So I I, I like him and uh, Big Mike, and I and Big Mike too. I I I, I dig me Big Mike, and you know definitely wanna. He's kind of an interesting character. We still haven't got a lot from him yet. He he likes crossword puzzles. We did we did learn that. We should. We did, but we haven't seen him slip into darkness again. No, uh, to quote to quote a war song they played in the very first episode. We've we've yet to see him go back onto uh, onto drugs, and I don't know if that's something that's going to come back for him. I don't know if that's that would seem to me that that's the point where he breaks away from Vinny, or Vinny breaks away from him. Yeah, I think since I don't know, I don't I I don't think we're going to see that though. Like I don't. I mean, maybe we will. Maybe maybe it's or maybe it's seasons later in later seasons. I think that him Possibly. and him and Vince are going to be tied together uh, as the operation continues to expand. He takes his job very seriously. I'll tell you that much. He he walked out immediately, recognized a threat, even though Rudy is not much of a threat to Vince. Uh, he immediately recognizes a threat and says, "Hey, I'm here. What do you need me to do?" Right. Which, which I was like, I was amazed by, because this is a guy that, you know, he's he's got a job, but he didn't know Vincent two weeks ago, right? And he's he's already ready to battle the mob with him. <laughs> yeah, and um, and he's also the guy that went and you know bailed you know Paul out of jail when Paul got pinched, kind of on a BS, <laughs> trumped up uh, uh, solicitation, soliciting charge. charge. Yeah, what a cute couple. Oh, That's what they said know, when he was walking out of the. Uh, yeah. Out of the police station. And then, uh, I guess, uh, do you like movies? Be careful who you, who, who, who you ask that to from now on when you go to the, the movie theater. That is a code, obviously, for... I, I didn't know. Did you know? I did, I, I did not know that uh, until yeah. I, I seen it. It works, it works uh, you know, both ways. The guys say it to, to Candy, and, and the other guy says it to, to Paul. So... Do, do you like movies? Do you like movies? Oh, God, that freaks me out. Yeah. Like, what do you think? Do I like movies? I'm in a movie theater. <laughs> I'm in a movie theater, dude. What do you, what do you think I'm here for? Yeah. No, nah, Oh, man. that. Well, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So, uh, but, you know, yeah, he got he got pinched and unfairly, but Mike kind of came and, and picked him up, no questions asked, and kind of had some, you know, gave some grief to the cops on his way out the door. 
Yeah, we also saw speaking speaking of Paul, we saw him at a bar or a dance club. Like it's an underground, like is him kind of exploring that kind of underground gay scene, you know, in the in in the New York in the seventies, and kind of being able to let loose a little bit and 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 be in a place that I guess makes him feel more comfortable. Uh, so yeah, like, his his safe spot. Yeah, he goes out and they they do some whatever ecstasy or whatever the ecstasy of the 70s was uh, and you know and they uh, i think it was ecstasy yeah probably i'm not i'm not a big on the, <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, the on, on that so you know and then he goes back and and his gets with his roommate and they have a little three-way and and have some fun and um i'm not sure where they're taking his character uh you know because he seems like somebody who uh is a bit conflicted and and vince uh is who's or as good-hearted as vince is uh, you know, I, it still feels like Paul isn't a hundred percent comfortable uh, working for Vince and working in that environment because no, 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 he likes it, but that's not his scene, right? Right, and, and, and Vince is still a little bit, you know, off color, I guess, with some of his comments and stuff. But it, I think it comes from a place of just ignorance and unawareness of, of that community. Uh, vice anything malicious or 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 mean or or hateful, uh, I, I think Vince in general is a guy that you know generally gets along with everybody, and it seems like more he's just more a product of his time than anything than worse than that. But it still feels like Paul is conflicted working in that environment. Yeah, the uh, the comment was that he smoked Parliaments, which I guess was a Virginia Slims of 1971s, and then that Vincent's mom smoked parliaments as well, which just made everything so much worse. Right. And it, it played. And, yeah. And Vince was like, I didn't mean anything, you know, and, and, and so Paul took it maybe, you know, defensively. I think, I, I, and I, I don't think that Vince did. Vince was, I think was trying to just, you know, be friendly or, or, or make a quip there. And, and Paul definitely took it, you know, the worst way. And, but then they had a moment outside and maybe patch things up. And, and I like Paul, I'd like to see him stick around. So hopefully, hopefully things get, you know, things aren't bad between him and Vince. No, and I don't think they are. I just, I, Paul seems like he wants his own bar to me. Like he wants a, a, a nightclub for, for himself. He might. And, 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 and that may be where, where he ultimately ends up. If, 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 I mean, it'd be nice. That'd be a nice, uh, uh, place to take him because he seems like a generally good guy and you want to see nice things happen to good people. Yeah, you do. You do, absolutely. Uh, who haven't we talked about yet? I'll tell you who we haven't talked about and we haven't talked about him because they give him absolutely nothing to do and I'm at a, 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 I am starting to come to the realization that they have given this guy nothing to do and he is never going to have anything of significance to do and that's my man, Anwan Glover. You, you love Slim Stretch. Charles. Stretch, yeah, Leon, Leon, the, the, the grill man, guy from the diner. Like he literally is in every episode and offers absolutely nothing at this point. And, and I'm starting to be just disappointed, maybe from from a, not that the story needs. Him, I'm just such a fan of the actor that I want to see the actor more involved. I want, and, and instead he's getting less and less to do, actually, these last, last couple episodes. So. I mean, maybe that'll turn around and maybe something will happen. But at this point, I, I'm just kind of unsure, you know, why they cast him in that role if, if the role doesn't actually have anything of significance to offer. 
So you know I'm watching this show with my wife. I'm watching it with everybody else too, but I'm watching this show, you know, on Sunday nights at eight o'clock, nine o'clock, whatever time the kids go to sleep with my wife. And she brought up something that I hadn't even thought about. It should have dawned on me long before, but what if he's gonna be talent for the movie productions? I mean he could be. He's a big uh, dude. Yeah. That's that's more of Slim Charles than I want to see, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> But if, if that's if that's what happens, if he if he becomes talent right uh, in the in the production business, then it gives him a much no pun intended bigger role. It certainly would give him a bigger role. I, I don't know. That's the role I want to see him in either. I don't know that that's a, a the best use of his talents either. Um, but you know what? At this point, give him something to do. Like, don't right. tease me every week where, where he. We go to the diner and we kind of just see him in the background and maybe we hear him spit a couple lines in the background, but he doesn't do anything. He, he literally is like his character doesn't do anything. You know, he had one episode where he kind of has a moment with Larry where he, you know, basically tells Larry, you know, don't talk to the girls like that or treat the girls like that in my in my business. And then that's it. Like, there's no more conflict. There's no more nothing going on. And so. I just want more. I want more from this character because I like the actor and I want to I want to see more from him. So we get we get a lot of scenes in Leonzo in in the breakfast spot. Um, it is the gathering place for everybody. And it it really is everybody. It's not just our known characters. It's unknown characters like there are, you know, like there's a family in there one time when we're watching. Uh, it is where everybody goes to. That's that's their coffee break spot. Uh, and on one of those coffee breaks, they had what I thought was one of the best scenes of the last couple of weeks. Uh, the lady business conversation with <laughs> Melissa, yeah. uh, Thunder Thighs, uh, who else was there? Um, Lori, maybe? No, I don't think it was Lori. I think it was... Uh, I know Larry was there. It was Larry and it was the other girl, uh, Ashley and maybe Melissa... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they're they're sitting there talking about ugh, their periods, right? And the fact that there's some sort of sponge that you can place to stop the flow from coming down, uh, and then thunder thighs again. Ruby tells us that she removed it with a pair of needle nose pliers. <laughs> yeah. That that was the most disgusting thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Well. Uh... What are you, you going to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what? When you're in that business and you, you got you got you to maintain the, you know, the equipment, sometimes it gets ugly, but, you know. Sometimes it gets ugly, yeah. Uh, Gentle Richie, we haven't talked about him, but oh. he's another character we don't see very often. Every time we do see him, though, he's got a joint behind his ear. Got to love that. Yeah, Gentle Richie didn't, you know, have much, much to do. And, and I think he's just kind of, at this point, background color. You know, we get to kind of see his difference in, in, in how he, although I, I did, there was, there was, I think it, I can't remember if it was episode four, or episode five, or somebody made a joke about, uh, you know, the, the girls beating, his girls beating him. Yeah. Uh, Larry, in fact, told him that he was, he would straighten her out for him if he needed her to, right? No, no, no. There was another, somebody else made a joke in the bar, I think, about like, you know, the, how about the pimps beating the girls and then something about, this guy, like, he doesn't seem like he. And then they made the, somebody else made the comment that, uh, no, it, 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 in Gentle's Richie's case, it's it's his girls beating on him. Wow! So his one girl is actually running the show. 
she's she's the one doing the pimping. Yeah, I can't remember where that came from but uh i I thought that was funny that was kind of a little gentle richie moment i think it was in the bar but um there's a lot of um surprisingly humorous uh spots in this show uh that was that was that scene with ruby that scene with general richie it was it's all it's all great and i truly appreciated the uh standing ovation that candy got yeah i don't think she appreciated it (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no! But I thought it—I thought it was fantastic, man. And she, she, I know she's not proud of herself, but how many people can say that? Like I—I I literally fucked somebody to death, yeah. or sucked somebody to death in her case. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the one thing we didn't talk about was uh, we did get a return of uh, Vincent's ex-wife uh, in a scene. Andrea, yeah, she does come back. She comes back at Bobby's house, right? And and he seems like he has no interest whatsoever in, in getting back with her and uh, says something about her, you know, burning his clothes. And she says it's an accident, you know, and he was like, maybe the first time, but you know. right. She went left eye on him multiple times. Ooh, uh, and that's a reference. I haven't heard in a while. Think, think there. Andre bad mood and rising. Yeah, Let yeah. me bring back the whole thing for you. Yeah, she did. She yeah. went left eye RIP on him uh, more than once. And it, you know, like, how can you, how can you live with that? after the first time that it happens. Like, why would you, that's a more foo, I believe is the pronunciation. Uh, it's French for crazy love. I learned that watching the Sopranos. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's crazy love, man. You don't, you know, that's, that's why dude, why would you subject yourself to that? And why would you want to actively participate in a relationship where you've got to burn somebody's clothes? Right. I, I don't think you, I wouldn't personally, but, uh, you know, people do some crazy people are into stuff. it, though. Yeah, yeah, some people are into it, man. Some people that's the only way they know how to love. Uh, a lot of these relationships are completely dysfunctional in that way. Uh, from you know, from from the beginning, Frankie and Vincent like they have a dysfunctional relationship. There's real love there, but I still want to know, other than the brotherly love aspect of it, other than the fact that they've been together their entire lives, why does 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 Vinny take care of him like that? I, I think that's it. I think just what you said right there. This, you know, familial connection that you have growing up with somebody like that, where it is ingrained in you forever. Especially, you know, it, it probably at that time and in, in, in being Italian and you know the kind of how how the the culture that you're brought up in, it, family is everything. So, uh, I mean, everybody is dysfunctional in, in this show. Uh, so. They're probably no more or less dysfunctional than any of the other relationships going on, it seems like. No, no, I'd agree with you there. I'd absolutely agree with you there. Let's see. So I guess the only thing we haven't really touched on, the other thing would be uh, a little bit, couple of minor things. Alston uh, arrests somebody in the, in the no-go zone because he wants to see what will happen. And uh, the person he arrests immediately gets let off. So I guess he doesn't get a lot of information as to what's going on. But uh, you can definitely see that they're setting up something there with kind of him trying to figure out what the game is. Yeah, this is this is long before mandatory minimums. But the simple possession of heroin, you know, he just walks right out the door. What can he, from his position, do about it, though? He's not... You know, that's that's an interesting point. He does have a reporter that he can talk to now. Yeah, and and 
we'll see where that goes, I guess. I, I don't know if uh, he's going to be the one basically who, who kind of is our gateway to seeing the, the mob being exposed and bringing down the kind of the, the mob corruption uh, going on with the police in the city or, or maybe something where he's just another victim uh, of a system that, you know, is, is a system that is too big and too powerful uh, to be changed. Uh, and, and all these people are just, you know, bystanders basically operating in a system that uh, they have no real control over. Yeah, we haven't seen anyone in government, really, just the cops, right? Yeah, we haven't seen anybody in government at all. So they, they've made mention of uh, the mayor and who wants to run for president and everything else. But in The Wire, and again, we're going to bring up Baltimore, there were... There were hierarchies everywhere, and we got to see how they all interacted. We got to see them all play up and down the line. Um, at what point do you think we get introduced to our next set of characters? I mean, that, that might be a, another season or two, because we really didn't get involved in the government in Baltimore until season two, season three, season three, really, you know, with Tommy Carcetti and all that. I mean, there was a little bit of Clay Davis and a little bit of the politics. <laughs> I'm out here doing the Lord's work for you, Clarence. And you're gonna I'm do- carrying water for you. <laughs> this oh, is not man. a wire podcast. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to leave Clay out? No. Shit. Shit. Oh, oh he man. wrote that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, yeah. sorry. That's, you had a point before I, I, before I said that. It was. <laughs> oh, just like, like, you know, I think that's something we might see in later seasons. I don't think that's I mean, we've only got eight episodes. For, for this season, so we're already ha- halfway past the halfway point. Yeah, we we do. We've only got three left, and I don't know. Do you, do you think we're even going to get to the movies this season? I think that's going to be like what we get to at the end. I think that's going to be the end. Is is they're really starting to make movies and and, and and everything? I think we're. It's almost like this whole thing is a big setup for season two. Interesting. That 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 would you know that that does make sense. I know it's been renewed for season two, but. We've got no timeline, right? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think. I, I mean, I'm sure it'll come out next fall. So, um, I'm sure it's expensive to make. So, you know, that's probably why they do the very short seasons. But uh, a lot of it seems like we're setting it up. We're set, we're getting into a place where then we can see what happens, or, or maybe not. Maybe we're just aimlessly following these characters through through their lives uh, and and seeing how they're all kind of victims of you know the institution. Uh, and and none of them really, no matter what they do, you know, they can they can make individual changes that they think are are going to make a difference or make their lives better or worse. But at the end of the day, they all it all just kind of is the same. The game is the game. Yeah, that maybe that is our um, maybe that is our takeaway from from the all of it. And we we know five years ahead of time, but we'll still stick around and watch the rest of it, right? I mean, that's the, that was the end. Of, you know, the end of the wire. Even after five seasons, nothing changed. You know, Omar's dead. No. We got a new Omar. Oh, you know, this guy's. We got. You know, it's like none, none, none of it changed. At the end of the day, the faces maybe maybe change, but the people are all the same. Absolutely, yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, do you have a Do you have a pimp of the week this week? A pimp of the week. I mean, Reggie yeah. Love's my man. I you know, I like Reggie Love. Be my pimp. Heard of the that. Week. Heard that. I will. I'll, I'll go Rodney. Okay. Um. Not only. Not only because. Thought Method Man's conversation with Candy was spectacular, but also his take on uh, the 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 lady time 
when mm-hmm. Larry goes over to the bar to uh, sit and chat about the fact that his his girls are talking about their period. You know, Method Man just Red Rodney just doesn't care. Like he's like, you, you got to do what you got to do. Well, was it fuck the moon? I believe is what Gentle Richie said. You gotta, that's yeah. what I'm saying, man. You gotta, you gotta fuck the moon, man. He sounds like sounds like Shaggy, <laughs> like from Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, sounds like Shaggy. No, not not yeah, not uh. I don't even know a Shaggy song to sing. Do you? Like Shaggy the rapper? Yeah, I, I don't know. What's a Shaggy a- song? Angel. Okay, you, you got me. I, I believe you, dog. But that's the one. I think that was his big hit. I don't know. I'm not. A, I don't. I don't exactly celebrate his entire catalog either. So, <laughs> you know. I celebrate that entire catalog. Yeah. No, not at all. Yeah, not at all. Yeah. So, um, anything you want to say wrapping up? No, I mean, just thank you to anybody that's actually listening to this. For one, I that that's that's pretty cool because, you know, we just set it up and you know put it out there. And are we are we on the iTunes? We are actually, we are on the iTunes store. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. I put up links on Reddit. No, we did have a lot more listeners than either one of us uh, anticipated. So we appreciate that very much, very much. Please, please, please. Uh, if you have any feedback or comments or anything, yeah, send an email, send a tweet, send send something and uh, and say hi. So, uh, What's your Twitter handle again? Angry Jimmy Films. That's for Thomas and Jim is going to be at J I I L, or you can get it to both of us on the email uh, 30 T H R T Y A N D T E N at gmail.com. Uh, I'll be checking that. And if you got something for me specifically, you got something for Thomas specifically, we'll, we'll be able to see it. And also on Twitter, 30 and 10. Right on. At well, 30 and 10. I guess that's it for the week. I think it is. That's it. That's it for the two weeks. Um, we got another episode coming out Sunday. We are going to try our best. We're, we're very busy, guys. We're doing this, well, uh, just just for the hell of it, right? Yeah. Is there a better way to put it? No, yeah. No, no, we're doing it. it. Yeah, we're doing it just for the hell of it because we do like the the, the work that's being done. Um, so I'm sorry we didn't have an episode out last week, but you know it is what it is. We'll we'll try to be better. We promise. And feel free to you know email us. Like I said last last time, tell us you hate us. <laughs> Yeah, tell us something. So, all right. Well, I'm Thomas in LA. Yeah, I'm Jim in New Orleans. Thanks for listening. Thanks a lot. Peace.